Zealand and even as we were sitting here today, I was thinking about just what it means to be, to have your national director in, in, in your church. So for us at Urban Vineyard, um, we consider our church to be a special kind of, of people because they, they're happy to share um, us, not just locally, uh, regionally, nationally, internationally. Um, they have to share the times where we're not around as much as we'd like to be in our home church. And that's a hard thing sometimes when you're used to having, you know, your pastor there. Um, and with these extended roles, things stretch a bit. So our church, we, we find, is a church that's full of grace. And I think um, Pine Rivers, you know, you're going to be that, you are that church. And um, God's blessed you with these guys. And he's invited you to share them with the world, actually. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an amazing journey. And um, sometimes I think um, it can be a bit of a stretch for the church family to kind of give away just here and there, um, um, the pastors that they, they, they used to have it around a bit more. So I just want to thank you um, for being that kind of church. Obviously, God knows you've got that kind of heart, a big heart that you'll, you, you'll share um, your pastors, your leaders um, beyond, you know, this community. Um, so just thanks for being that kind of people. And I, you must be just in God's heart real special. Uh, so thanks for being that kind of people who who will allow your leaders to um, to be sometimes absent and present with others around the world. So love you guys. And Lou's going to teach now, but um, you just feel so honoured to be here and very excited about your prayer week. I feel like going home doing that myself. So thank you. <laughs> Do we need a uh, interpreter? <laughs> We're all right. <laughs> all right. Hey, um, yeah, I was just thinking as, as well as uh, what Vicky was saying, I, there, there is a cost. You know, there's a, there's a cost and a blessing for, a, for you as a church, Pine Rivers. Um, you know, part of the thing is that, that now Nick and Nicole, oh, Nick and Nicole, Kirk and Nicole, well, she's, she's so amazing, there's two of her. <laughs> um, but you know, the, in one sense, you you um, you just get the blessing of being a church that that is taking responsibility to uh, you know to to lead a movement in a nation. Um, but but the cost is this that that oftentimes the access that you used to have it, it changes. And um, and I guess one of the things I want to talk about this morning is a little is, is teaching a little bit into that because there is a, you know when when we when someone steps forward. It's just this beautiful opportunity for us to, for other people to step into that gap. So, so in one sense, if, if you've had almost un, you know, unchallenged access to uh, Kirk and Nicole, it's, you know, it, that probably will change. You know, and, and it's, just, it's just part of what God's doing as he's advancing the kingdom, as he's, as he's advancing you as a church. And the invitation, I think, is for each one of us to kind of go, okay, I used to just be able to catch them anytime I wanted, so now I have to do this for somebody else. You know, I love, I'd just love to encourage you that, that part, of this, part of this kingdom advancement for you as a church is, is for each of you then to step into that gap that's naturally created because these guys are leading a nation. And, uh, and, and as, as Vicky said, leading into other nations as well. So, it is awesome to be here. We had, it was such a great uh, conference. Who, who was there? Yeah, it was so much fun. What's wrong with this side? <laughs> just, just kidding. <coughs> um, so, I, I want to talk about this, um, this thing of serving, serving God's purpose in our generation. And um, love what God's doing in your great nation. 
Australia is, you, you guys are, um, you know, we, we kind of have our little sporting rivalries, but, but you are such an encouragement to us as a nation. You know, we, um, bo- I think both of us kind of feel that sense of, of distance from what's happening in the rest of the world. And, and in one sense, it's got a great blessing for us. You know, we, we get to, I, I think there's innovation that happens here. There's, there's things that we kind of do be- because we're, we're not being influenced by so many other people that we push into, um, we push into other areas of innovation. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. I think I've got a, I think I've got a PowerPoint here as well. Um, you know, one of the one of the temptations I think as a church is is to you know at every point of your development. And I, how how old is Pine Rivers? Twenty one. You know, and one of the challenges I think there's there's different points along the growth of a church. And you know, I, I know we've got pastors and people from other uh, churches around Australia. Um, but one of the challenges is there's a lot of places where you just want to stop and just be this this is this is good. You know, let's let's just stop at this point, and this will be this will be great for us. It's always always a temptation to do church as a resident institution, rather than as a mission to our city or our nation and to the nations. Uh, and and again, I, I think we've got to remind ourselves. And if anything, this morning, I'd, I'd love to remind us that we're here, we, and we're here for such a limited time. You know, I, I think as I get older, um, you know, I just I just clocked sixty this year, and you know the the. You kind of realise, oh my goodness! You know, the time is. I've got I've got more behind me than I've got in front of me, um, unless I'm going to be a very grumpy old man at 120. But um, <laughs> and, and frankly, I don't want to be. Um, but but part of this thing is just reminding ourselves, you know, that that there's so many opportunities, but there's so many opportunities for us to stop, and just kind of go. This is as good as it gets. I love this. I love this verse. This has been one of my life verses. You know, it's in the middle of um, Paul and Barnabas were on one of their missionary journeys. They were in Pisidian Antioch, and um, he was he went to the synagogue as was his practice, and uh, and just talked about Jesus. And it, and and just in the middle of that, and it's not even kind of the key part of what he's talking about. But this phrase jumped out at me as a as a young man. I became a Christian at the age of twenty, and uh, this verse now. When David had served God, God's purpose in his generation, he fell asleep. Uh, not so much thinking about the last, the last little bit, but but you know when D- David served the purposes of God in his generation, and there's this there's this wonderful opportunity that God gives us. You know that there's no greater privilege than for each of us to serve God's purpose in our generation. You know we're here, we're here to make a difference. You, you know God God has placed you in one of the most beautiful, the second most beautiful country in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Kiwis, I can see something there. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's, it's amazing. You know, we know it, but we need to be reminded of it regularly. It's never too late to sign up. It's never too late to step up and kind of go, I want to live like a missionary. You know, remember at the end of, of Matthew's gospel, it says, you know, that Jesus, Jesus gave that great commission. And it says, you know, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, and teach them to obey everything I've, I've taught you, and I'll be with you until the end of the age. You know, just, just a magnificent commission there. And um, the reality, I think, is as a church as, and as individuals, we just get tired. You know, there's, there's this sense of, you know, that, yes, we want to serve God's purpose in our generation, but we, we get busy, we get tired, we've got kids, you know, we've got careers, uh, we've got mortgages and rent to pay, you know, we just get really tired and all these things. And, and again, in Galatians 6, 9, you know, the, the, a lot of these verses you kind of realize they're there because, because they're about us. And in, and in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. 
And, and again, there's this sense that after a period of following God, some of you may, may be quite recent in your, in your walk with God. You know, others of you may, may have been walking with God for decades. And there's always this kind of challenge to at some point just to lean back and kind of go, this is as far as I want to go. You know, I've got enough of Jesus, you know, and everything else is working really well for me. But, you know, this is a mean message after a conference, isn't it? Because you just, you, you all work so hard at conference. But, but one of the things about serving the purposes of God, I think, is it's an absolute delight. You know, that, that it's, you know, the more, the more we serve Him, the more we come alive, the more we get in touch with our humanity. You know, one of the great blessings of, of being a follower of Jesus is, that, is this invitation to come fully alive, to, be, to become fully human. It, it's an incredible invitation. You know, and sometimes we kind of go, you know, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of try something just in case it doesn't work. You know, a lot of us get caught with this thing of a fear of failure, but I want to suggest to you that there's something much more scary than failure. For me, the most scary thing, I remember one of the, one of the young women in our church kind of just blurted this out one day. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so the Lord. You know, she said, she said, regret is much more frightening than failure. You know, to, to live our lives kind of regretting, why didn't I take that opportunity? You know, why didn't I step forward? Why, why didn't I put my, you know, why didn't I step into that gap? Regret is much more scary. It's much more frightening than failure. You know, imagine this. Imagine spending, you, you, you live in such a beautiful part of the world. You know, and imagine spending your entire life on something you know, just putting everything into it, putting your energy into it, putting your finances into it, putting your time into it. Doing, you know, imagine putting everything into something that actually doesn't matter. You know, I, I mean, we live amongst people, you know, we, we work amongst people, we live next door to people who are spending everything they've got on something that actually doesn't matter at all. You know, that, that we're, and for us, you know, we've got this great ability, you know, to give our lives to something that's going to have not only present value, but it's going to have eternal value. There's something absolutely magnificent about the calling that God's given us. You know, why would we want to spend our lives becoming successful in something that doesn't matter, something that doesn't make a difference? You know, what, what a challenge this thing is for us. You know, because again, the reality is this, that I, I think the way that God calls us is so beautiful. You know, it's, it's like even if we are mediocre in something that really mattered, it would be much better than to be really successful at something that doesn't matter. It's something that doesn't really count. And like I say, we're living amongst people who are spending their every waking moment running after something that at the end of their life, they're going to go, it wasn't really that good. You know, they were running after the wrong goal. And like I say, I think for some of us, you know, we're kind of like, well, you know, could I do it? You know, am I good enough? Am I called enough? Am I gifted enough? You know, do I have the right things? And I feel like I'm here this morning just to remind us that we've been invited to spend our lives on a noble cause, on something that's actually going to make eternal difference. And it's always about people. You know, it's always worth spending our lives on people. And we, we might be wildly successful, or we may be mediocrely successful. Or we may feel like we're just not really getting that much traction at all in our lives. And yet, nonetheless, you know, even though it feels like we're just simply plodding along through our life, if we're leaning into this noble cause of following Jesus and, and, and saying yes to Him, you know, having this posture of leaning in and saying, every opportunity, I'm going to say yes. You know, if, if he wants me to talk to this person, I'm going to say yes. If he wants me to do, you know, if he wants me to take a risk in this area in my church, I'm, I'm going to say yes. You know, that we would spend our lives doing this. You know, it, it's, you know, even mediocre results are fantastically better than being successful in things that don't matter. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, in one sense, it's just such a no-brainer. 
And, you know, it's not only expressed in church ministry because, you know, God has beautifully placed us all around this community. He's, he's placed us in workplaces. He's put us, put us in neighborhoods. He's put us in community groups, you know, so that we can be pastors in those places, that, that we can be people who carry the gospel. And it's the gospel that changes things. You know, we, we, we don't even have to be that good at sharing the gospel. We just are the gospel. We are the good news wherever we go. You know, we, you know it, that, that God would, you know, it's great to learn how to minister in church and then be the minister at work, you know, to be the minister in our, in, you know, in our sports club, you know, to be the minister in our, in our community. You know, it's a really, really important thing to remember that God doesn't call the qualified. Um, he qualifies the called. You know, and a lot of times I think, and this, maybe, maybe Australians are different, but in New Zealand, there's, there's almost this reticence of, I, you know, I don't want to do something because I'm not sure if I'm going to be good at it. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's really going to work. You know, and so, so people kind of have this thing of leaning back and kind of going like, until it's 100% sure, I, I'm not going to give it a crack. And, and yet it seems all through the scriptures that, that God, he's not waiting until we get qualified. He's like, you'll get qualified as you say yes. You know, the, the saying the yes is the qualification. And God puts this lavish invitation in front of us. You know, it's, it's, you know the, the, the invitation of the gospel is this. It's come and follow, come and die, come and live, and then come fully alive. You know, there's, there's, this, there's, this, there's a scary thing at the early part of it, but nonetheless at the end of it, it's this sense of just loving what we're made for. You know, and we're made to be, to be generous people. We're made to give our lives away. It's, you know, it's, it's an incredible thing. Last year, we, um, we celebrated the 15th anniversary of our, of our church. We're not very good at celebrating things in our church, but, but we kind of, gosh, we've been doing this, you know, we've been doing it for 15 years. We should probably have an anniversary of some sort because we haven't had one for the, for the last 15 years. So. And, um, and it was kind of interesting because we were, we were picking, uh, you know, kind of going back through historical pictures, you know, noticing really bad haircuts, bad fashion. You know, it was, it was a... Beautiful, beautiful moment, and um, but one of the things that that you know, I look back on those photos. It was a mixture of great delight and great sadness of seeing. Oh gosh, they're not even walking with God anymore. You know, oh man, you know that, they they just they got so busy and other things that they just kind of drifted away, and now they're now they're not even here. Uh, you know, there was other ones who were who were just you know just going so strongly as well. And it's you know again, I guess I, what I'd love to remind you, Pine Rivers, and and you know and, and other churches that are here. I, I, I want to remind us that that this the posture that we need in this life is to lean into the opportunity. It's the sense of what, what's God's, what, what is he inviting us into? What's he giving us permission to do? You know, for me, I, I've always kind of had this, again, I heard this, I think I've been a Christian for two or three years, and I heard this, this lovely old saint, you know, this lovely old man who was kind of at the end of his life. And he, and he just kind of, you know, said this little phrase. It's just, it's, again, it's just bounced around in my heart, and I try and share it wherever I go. But, but it's this, that in God, safety in God always lies in going forward. It always, safety is always taking the next risk. You know, if you feel like you're up to here, then safety in God is get up to here. You know, it's always, it's never to pull back. You know, and I guess my observation over the course of, of watching people that we, that we desperately love and desperately wanting people to do well, you know, oftentimes the thing that we, we notice is people come to a challenge and they kind of go, I've, I'm in enough. You know, I, I'm, I'm, up to, I'm up to my neck and I don't, I don't want to do any more. But, but safety is not pulling back. Safety is not kind of looking for the shallow end of the pool. Pool. You know, it's, <laughs> safety, safety is about going for the deep end. You know, it's, it's going, let's, let's swim. Let's, let's, let's see what God might do. You know, again, you know, the, this, is, this is pretty deep, but, I, but only, only dead fish float downstream. 
You know, live fish have to go, they've got to go against the flow. That's how they breathe. You know, they've always got to be going against the flow. And, you know, if you feel like, feel like life's hard, you know, it feels like you're pushing against the flow, you're pointing in the right direction. Well done. Well, you know, metaphorically, give yourself a pat on the back because it'd look kind of weird if you did it literally. But, but you know, so, so there's this sense of, you know, what, you know, what am I doing this morning, that's, that's going to outlast my life. You know, I, I feel real stirred about this thing, that David served the purposes of God in his generation, and then he fell asleep. He'd, he'd run his lap. You know, I, I loved, you know, the, the imagery on the first night of the conference was just beautiful, the, the passing of the baton. You know, from, the, from Pete and Kathy who have taken this movement, you know, this a disparate group of churches and turned it into family. You know, and now, now uh, Kirk and Nicole picking this up and running with this thing and saying, right, now let's advance this thing. Let's, let's, let's move this thing forward. Let's, let's see what God wants to do in this nation. And it's, and it's this question of, you know, what, what am I doing? In my life, it's going to outlast me. You know, and, and mo- most often the things that are going to outlast us are not stuff. It, uh, it's people. It's always people that are going to outlast us. You know, it's the people that we invest in. You know, those of you who are parents, you know this intrinsically. You know that, you know, that you, we just give our very best to our children. I, I don't know any parents who kind of go, I want my children to have a worse life than I had. You know, I, I want them to have less advantage, you know, because I want them to be tough. You know, I, I think every parent I know goes, I want them to have every advantage. I, I want to invest myself in these because they're going to carry something on. You know, and it's, and it's that sense. You know, I'm stirred about this thing. You know, and I know in a, in a sense we live in culture that's, that's quite toxic to this kind of life purpose. You know, we've become more and more, you know, a, a narcissistic culture, which is just, it's all about me. It's all about, you know, I just want, I want a, a nice life. You know, I just, I just want everything. And what he's inviting us to do is he's inviting us to swim against that flow, to go, what could I do that could outlast me? What could I do that's bigger than me? You know, what could I do that could actually make a, a, a bigger difference? You know, what's God, what's God inviting me into? I want to change tack just for a moment because one of the, I mean, this can just sound like gung-ho following. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. But I don't think that ever really gets us very far. I, th- I, think, it, I think it often ends in discouragement. But it's, but it's this considered leaning in and going like, what? What could I spend my life on? What, what could I give my life, the best of my life? Not, you know, not, not waiting until I'm ready, but what could I give the best of my life to that could really make a difference? One of the, one of the really early verses that God spoke to us in our movement about, and, and just giving us the courage to kind of go, let's, let's, let's push the button, let's start this thing, let's, let's give it a crack. Um, one of the things that he spoke to us about was, um, Vicky and I, we'd been involved in a church plant, and, and we'd, we'd just worked really hard on this plant. We'd knocked on every door in the community. You know, and, and you know, in one sense, it was, it was an incredibly successful church, except, except we'd got to the place where we didn't like church anymore, you know, it, it's, which is which is a problem. You know? So it's okay if you don't enjoy someone else's church, but, but when you've planted it, it's a bit of a problem. Because it's like, I can't, I, can't blame, I can't blame the dodgy pastor, you know, because <laughs> that's me, you know. And, and kind of getting to that point of going like, you know, I love Jesus, I just don't like his people. Um, and, and in the midst of that, you know, that's when we first met the vineyard. And God began to speak to us about, you know, I'm going to give you permission to do something different. And it was in that moment where he spoke to us out of this verse in, in uh, Exodus thirty three fourteen. He says, "My presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest." This is this is when Moses was you know, God had been saying to Moses, "Take the people into the promised land," and they, they were standing at the at the beginning of that journey and going. And, and Moses quite naturally was going like, "Um, how will I know that this is you? 
And, and how will they believe me? And, and, and God said to him, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Now, those two things meant so much to us and they still mean so much to us right now. You know, because it's always the presence. God's presence and his power are the same thing. You know, we're people of the presence. You know, when, when, when people ask me what the vineyard's about, I always kind of say, we're, we're people of the presence. You know, we're, we're, you know, we worship until his presence comes. We, we, we preach until his presence comes. We minister until his presence comes. You know, we're people who are looking for his presence and, and, and wanting to put our hand out and bless what he's doing when his presence is there. And, and again, so, so there's that sense that marks, that marks churches like ours. And again, the sense of that, that, that you could do this, you could do this thing out of rest. You know, so like I say, we'd, we'd spent most of our time in frenetic activity, just working really, really hard. In a sense, you know, when I look back, it felt like I'd strapped the church to my back, you know, and kind of gone, right, let's drag this thing where it needs to go, you know, and just keep and add, add another person and another person and another person. And, and, and eventually you go, I can't carry this weight. And, and then God just invites us and he says, it's, it's actually not about what we can carry. You know, it's, it's about this, that, that he wants us to minister out of a deep sense of rest. You know, he, he calls us to make courageous decisions. And yet at the same time, he invites us into this deep sense of rest. And he says, my presence is going to go with you. And, the, and it's his presence that's going to make the difference. Um, again, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Love, um, you know, love the message version of it. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? See, religion's about us strapping people to our back. Religion's about us making something happen. But what he's inviting us into is something very different. He says, he says um, come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life and I'll show you how to take a, a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavier or fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And this is such a beautiful invitation. My presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. The, the, the thing that God's inviting us into, the, you know, the, the, the nudge, the next, the next step that each of us has, is, is going to be the sense of we're stepping into his presence, and we're stepping into his rest. You know, we, we don't have to make anything happen. We just have to say yes. And then say, what, what next, Lord? You know? And he's saying, I'm not going to put anything, um, how's he say it? I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. You know, again, I love it that, you, that you're spending the next week in prayer. Because part of that is that sense of keeping company with God and saying, now what, what does he want to do? How does he want to spend me? What, what, what would be the thing that he wants me as an individual and us as a church to give ourselves to? It's, it's such a great thing. You know, the early church, I, was talk, I talked a little bit about this in, um, I can't remember, it was, might have been a workshop or one of the sessions at conference, but, you know, oftentimes when you read the book of Acts, we often think that it was these exceptionally gifted people who went out and planted churches all, all through Asia Minor, you know, up into Turkey and Greece, and, you know, it was, it was, these, it was these apostolic people that, you know, lightning bolts came out of the, the ends of their fingers, you know. I, I mean, it was, you know, often that's the kind of picture that we have, that just these incredible things happen out of these unbelievably spiritual people, you know, and, and but for the rest of us mere mortals, we kind of go, yeah, I, I mean, we just turned up on Sunday. Uh, but the, nothing could be further from the truth. When you, when you read the book of Acts, you kind of realize this. You know, and again, I think I've got a scripture here. Um, Acts chapter 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. 
So, so what it's saying at the, at the beginning of the expansion of the church. So, the first eight chapters of Acts is, is the Spirit of God coming on them, empowering them. They're just getting they're getting soaked in the in the presence of God. They're getting soaked in the apostolic teaching, and then this persecution breaks out. Um, the, the apostles stayed in town, and and people like you and I just left. We we just we got scattered into all the community. We back, went back to those homes. It says goes on and it says, and those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria, proclaimed the Messiah there, and when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said, and with shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And, and, and the story just, it just keeps going on like this. You know, we, we, we didn't know about this, this Philip until, you know, until all of a sudden he, just, he goes out and the stuff happens. You know, there's something very powerful about us just living this life in our workplace, in our community, in our, in our social settings, you know. There's something, see, spontaneous expansion of the church happens when just ordinary believers who, who, who probably feel very unqualified, who feel like, I don't know enough, I'm not, I'm not gifted enough, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm, not um, I, I'm running out of words, but whatever it is enough, I, I don't have enough to be able to do this thing. But those churches were just planted by ordinary people going out there and just telling the truth. You know, the, the, the most powerful mind-altering substance is truth. You know, that when, that when we heard the gospel, you know, for, for me it was 40 years ago when I heard the gospel, and it was like, oh my goodness, it so profoundly changed my life. You know, for, for others of us, it might have just been, it may have been this year when you heard the gospel for the first time. Or you, you might even be sitting here today and you, 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 it, it hasn't registered yet. But to hear this truth of the gospel and realizing that, that when you hear this, this truth changes everything. You know, over and over again, I think, you know, what we've, what we've tried to do is we've just tried to believe what God said. You know, when we started, you know, for us in New Zealand, uh, the, the, the beginning of this movement was just, we got so tired in church that we said, what, what would, it, would it be possible for us to do church where it's just a, it's a bunch of friends who love each other, who love Jesus, and who are committed to mission? Could we, could we just do that and see what God might do? You know, we, we, what could it, it might get no bigger than our lounge room, or who knows what it might happen. But for us, what did happen, you know, we stayed in our lounge room for a couple of weeks and then just realized we're not going to fit in this lounge room. Within the first year of that, of that little gathering, we'd planted two more churches. And it just became this, this exploding thing where you go, you know, none of us, none of us, Vicky was surprised. <laughs> My mother-in-law was surprised. <laughs> and I was surprised about what, imagine what God could do. You know, it's just this simple thing of just simply saying yes to Jesus. You know, I was just simply taking that risk. You know, I, for me, you know, sitting in the conference last week and being with you here today, you know, we're just, it, we, we could be just like the, that group of people that were there in Jerusalem, loving the presence of God and then just waiting to see, what's he going to do? Where's he going to send us? What's he got for us? You know, you've got a big nation. This is quite a big place. And, it's, and, 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 it's, and it's, a, it's a people who are longing for a message of hope. You know, your nations like ours, you know, we're very, very secular nations. You know, we're people who are, who are just caught up in the, just in the now. And God's given us this, this incredible message of the gospel to go and to speak these words of truth that just transform people. I, I want to I take you to one more scripture passage and, and then try to pull it together. And um, in First Samuel, uh, chapter fourteen, 
one of my favourite parts of the Old Testament. I love this story. So, so the, you know, Saul's army was pinned down by the Philistines. They'd been stuck here for a long time. And, and, and Jonathan says to his armour bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised fellows. I'm guessing he probably didn't actually say that. <laughs> Tally-ho, chaps. Let's pop across. Um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure. It was probably something a bit more warlike. But, but anyway, this is what was recorded. So Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Uh, isn't this awesome guidance? Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And as young, as young armor bearer says, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I'm with you heart and soul. You know, and again, one of the things that just strikes me every time I read this story is their, their guidance was so flimsy. You know, sometimes we're looking for, for you know, signs in the sky. You know, it was just like, we're stuck. What we, why, don't we, why, don't we, why don't we do something? You know? You know this, this, you know this, this vineyard movement in Australia, this, um, this beautiful uh, city of Brisbane. There's so many people that don't know Jesus yet. You know, what might Jesus do? You know, and we could look around and we could kind of go, oh, there's just a few of us. You know, we're, we're not the smartest. We're not the best looking. We're not the we're not the most the most gifted. You know, I mean, we find all sorts of things that disqualify ourselves. Believe me, I'm not, I'm not saying that about you because you are very good-looking people <laughs> and you are very smart people. <laughs> but, yeah, but sometimes that's, that's what happens in our hearts. You know, so the guidance was just so flimsy. You know, but it's just the kind of nod, nudge that we, le- we need to learn to respond to. And Jonathan says, come on then. Uh, we'll cross over toward them and let them see us. So, so this is awesome. This is, this is their brilliant game plan. We'll, we'll, um, we'll say... If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and not go up to where they are. And if they say to us, come up to, come up, to us, we'll climb up because that'll be the sign that the Lord's given them into our hands. You, know, you kind of go, this is a fail-safe plan. It's like, you know, let's do something. Uh, if they say stay here, we'll kill them here. If they say go up there, we'll kill them there. <laughs> I just love it. There's, there's something about this that I, I think this is, this is hiding, or it could be right out in front of us, but this is hiding in every Christian's heart. It's this kind of sense of, we should do something about this. We should do something about this situation in my street. We should do something about this in our schools. You know, we should do, you know there's another part of Brisbane that doesn't have a church. You know, you know the, the whole North Queensland, I mean, it's, what a bunch of ungodly people up there. They need churches like this, you know, the, the, in those places. I've never been there, but, but I'm guessing, I mean, that much sunshine can't do you any good. <laughs> I mean, everyone needs a bit of bad weather. Um, anyway, <laughs> and then the scripture goes on. Uh, sorry, getting sidetracked. Um, says, the men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Jonathan says, the plan's working perfectly. <laughs> Strategy's really coming together here. So he, says, so he says, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up using his hands and his feet and with the armor bearer right behind him. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. And in that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. You know, I mean, it's such a beautiful story, but the, but the beautiful part about it for me is this, such, such flimsy guidance and such a terrible plan. You know, it's, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, 
I could, I could come up with that. And I'm not a military strategist. I could come up with a plan like that. <laughs> you know? And, I, you know, friends, I just, I just think that's what, that's what Lord's, the, the Lord's filling us with, that kind of courage. He's kind of going like, you know what? We, don't, we don't, really don't know. Most of the time we don't know what we're doing. I mean, our life makes a lot of sense when we look back over our shoulder and kind of go, oh, yeah, that was a really smart decision I made. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it at the time, but it was a really smart thing to do. So it goes on, and, and, and uh, in Romans 12, and this is, this is uh, you know, I promise I'll wrap up now. It says in Romans 12, and again from the message version of the Bible, it says, so this, this is what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place that before God. See, he's not looking for, ex- he's not looking for anything exceptional. He's, he's looking for our ordinary, everyday, going to work, getting up, having breakfast, having dinner, loving our kids and our spouse. He's looking for that ordinary life. He's saying, just look, just put that and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. And really, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity. You know, God, God loves the ordinary. You know, and the scripture's just full. I mean, there's some very gifted individuals in the, in the gospel, in, you know, in the Bible accounts. But it's mostly just very ordinary people who at some point just kind of said, I'll say yes. You know, I'll, I'll take the next step. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lean into this and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll do this. And, and, and like I say right at the beginning, you know, the, often, often we just get weary. You know, we get a little bit of, of discouragement. And, you know, and, and life, life deals us lots of discouraging things. But sometimes that can cause us to stop and, and kind of go, this is enough. This is, this is, I'm okay with this. You know, I'm, I'm in. You know, I know, I, know, I know God loves me. You know, I, I know he's for me. And we can just stop at that point. But what he's, what he's placed us in this world for, what he's placed you in this magnificent nation for, what he's placed you in this beautiful city for, is to, is to see what God might do. Is there something that he's just nudging us about? You know, is there something that we could, that we could lean into this morning and say, you know, I, I don't want to live as a resident. I want to live as a missionary. You know, I've, I've been, um, as I'm sure lots of you have done, I've been on short-term mission trips. You know, I, I trained with YWAM in my early Christian years. And, and what, always, what always struck me was this. When you went somewhere else, you, you, would just, you just had such courage. You know, it was kind of like, well, I'm in this place. You know, I'm, I'm going I'm to share my faith with everyone I see. I'm going to take every sort of risk. I'm going I'm to reach out for words of knowledge. I'm going to try and prophesy over people. You know, and then, and then you sort of come back home and you sort of go, right, We'll stop that sort of nonsense. <laughs> we'll get back to real life, you know. But what God? You know, can, can't you identify with that? I mean, you know, I mean, it's not quite as plain as that. We don't sort of make those decisions, but we just we just get absorbed in the culture that we find ourselves in. You know, we see see Australia and New Zealand have beautiful cultures. You know, I, I love. I'm so glad I was born in New Zealand. You know, I bet you're glad you were born in Australia, or I bet you're glad that you immigrate, immigrated to Australia. Because this, these places, you know, the culture, the, the way we do things is just so good. And yet it's not the kingdom. It's, you know, and, and the difficulty is we can sometimes baptize our culture and call it Christian. It's not. 
you know, we're missionaries into our culture. We don't, you know, and as that scripture says, you know, don't become, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. You know, and we can, we can find ourselves just subtly just thinking, well, it's, it, it's all about, you know, building my asset base. It's all about, um, you know, getting promotions. It's all about, um, you, you know, just kind of getting, getting places of influence in the community. And that, that may well be right, may, may well be it. But, but I tell you that it's not, it's not your eternal purpose. It's, it's not this purpose that's beyond that. You know, there's this sense that God will... See, God wants us in every strata of society. He wants us in every kind of, every kind of workplace. He wants us in every kind of committee with salt that he wants to put out of the, sh- out of the salt shaker. And, you know, and, and I know we know this, but you need, a, you, you need a funny old Kiwi to come over and just remind you about it. You know, just to kind of, oh yeah, that's right. That it's not just about going to work every day. It's not just about going to school every day. You know, it, I'm actually here and I'm, I'm, I'm on a short-term mission. You know, it, it might be 70 years, it might be 80 years, but that's short term in the, in the long light of eternity. It's just a really short time. You know, and we don't want to live with regret. You know, and, and this morning I kind of feel like what I wanted to put in front of you was this. You know, who, who's up for not live, living a, a regret? No, let me, let me put that in English. Um, <laughs> who, 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 does, who wants to live a life that doesn't have regrets in it? You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh, you know, and we want to spend our lives doing things that really matter, you know, in the context of our work, in the context of our career, in the context of our workplace. Or He may even be asking us to do something different. So I, I'd love for us to stand, and let's let's just see if God w- might want to just say a few things to folks. See, I, I thought as a, as a 20-year-old, right before I, I became a Christian, I, for me, my life dream was this. I wanted to get a, a little beach house at a surf beach and live happily ever after. I thought that was my big dream. And oh, that would have been such a disappointment you know, to have just lived my life for myself. You know, we come alive when we give our lives away. So Holy Spirit, I, I want to ask you that you just come and settle on us. So, so just you know, close your eyes if it's helpful. You might even just want to put your hands out in front of you. you know, just, just to be in a posture of receiving some, from, something from the Lord this morning. So Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we, we, um, Lord, we offer you our lives again. Thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you for, for exchanging our old dead life for your absolutely vibrantly full life. So grateful. And now, Lord, we want to offer that life back to you. And Lord, would you spend us? And Lord, we dare to ask you, would you spend us on a noble cause? Would you spend us on something that will outlast us? And Father, would you, Lord, would you give us wisdom, Lord, that, so that we wouldn't spend our lives becoming wildly successful in things that don't count? Lord, we, we, Lord we'd, we'd, take, we'd take mediocre success in the things that really do count in its place. So I'm, I'm just going to ask God now that, that, he would, that he would just give each of us revelation, that, that he'd show us, you know, what is it? 
What is it that, that we've, we've given our strength to that he really doesn't want us to give our strength to? That, that, you know, what's the thing that we, that we find ourselves daydreaming about? What's the thing that, that kind of just, you know, our, our mind just naturally defaults to it? And if it's, and if it's not the sense of, of God, use me, then maybe just offer that, offer that thing back to him. Can we do that? Just, just in, the, in the privacy of your own heart at this point. Come, Lord. Some of those things may be just external things and they're coming to mind right now, even as you're just engaging with the Lord. And for others, they may be internal things. They may be things of the heart. There may be even a sense that there's just a, there's some things that, you know, you're aware that you're carrying sort of kind of scripts, messages that disqualify you in your heart. And there's a verse in the Psalms that says, you know, look to him and be radiant so your faces will never be covered with shame. So if there's any internal parts right now, just bring those to the Lord, you know. We don't fix ourselves, but the Holy Spirit comes as we invite him and he engages with those parts of our heart that, that turn and, and just realign us. So, so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come now, even as we look to you from the, in, from the interior part of ourselves. And we ask that you would... You know, the things that we've just have disqualified us, wounds in our hearts or old messages from the past or from authority figures, we say no in the name of Jesus. We break the power of those words that would stop you from functioning and from stepping up. Some more, Lord. That there's no shame. It's broken. The things that would disqualify us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The other thought is just around this this phrase, having done all, stand. <clears throat> I felt the Lord saying, just stand, stand, stand up. <laughs> I felt the Lord saying, stand up. Having done all, stand. Stand up, Vineyard Australia. Stand up. And look to him and be you and be radiant. There's a couple of things that we'd love to pray for people specifically on, but I'd love it if um, we should get started on this. But um, you know, for those who have felt like you've just had, you know, you've had you've had the knockback, you've had that discouragement, um, 
and it's and it's and it's it really has stolen your confidence. It might have been at work, it might have been your family, you know, I mean, it could be whatever context it is. But there's been this kind of sense of, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take another step forward. Um, I'd love to minister to you this morning because the Lord wants to, He wants to put courage into you. You know, one of one of the great things that church does is that church lends us courage until we can find our own. And then you're part of a great church here. And so, you know, so if you've if you've had that discouragement, come come and let the church put courage back into you. So, could we could we just maybe just so we can know what, who who's praying for who? Maybe if that's you, would you come over to this to um, our our left? You're right um, over the side here would be great. If you've had those things that have just that have just knocked your confidence, they, they may have, they may have even been internal things that have knocked your confidence. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks so much, Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you just begin to again, Lord. You would just, <clears throat> even as even as our, these wonderful brothers and sisters are standing here, let let courage just begin to settle on them, Lord. I, I pray that you give them just this beautiful sense of fresh hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And we're just going to let you, just going to have you stand just for a moment before we get people to come and pray for you and with you. But just, you know, in a sense, again, just, just bring that, bring that discouragement to the Lord. Just bring it to Him. Bring the, bring the circumstances to Him and say, Lord, would you bring healing now? Thanks, Father. Thanks, Lord. Thanks so much, Jesus. Now I felt the um, um, just even preparing for this for this time this morning. I, I felt like you're saying that 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 some of you have had a hunch. Some of you kind of wonder. I, I think this planters in this in this room today, and it's and it's you know maybe it's maybe it's way way back on the back shelf, you know, on the top shelf somewhere. But you've got that little nudge. You, there's going to be some pioneering in your life. You, you might pioneer within this church. Or you might go somewhere else and pioneer, but there are planters and pioneers in the meeting this morning, and you know this is this is not com- committing you to kind of do the next thing, but it's just it's just saying to the Lord, I recognise this hunch, this nudge, and what I'd love for you to do is I'd love for you to come and fill this other side over here. There's there's that there's that sense of I need to take the next step. There's 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 something else. There's a you know, it might be I, I want to start a group with a bunch of guys. You know, I, I want to I want to do something that hasn't that hasn't been done before. You've got that that sort of bouncing around in your heart and in your head. For, for others of you, there's this sense of I, you know, I, I think at some point God's going to use me to to just begin to gather a new community of believers. That God's going to see this is going to be ascending church. This is ascending church, and this is going to be ascending church. And so let the apostolic grace come in this place. Let it, let Lord just. Let this be a sending center, a training and a sending center. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. 
Even if you just think it's just the smallest thing, you know, just, you know, that <clears throat> just like Jonathan kind of went, if, if, you know, we just can't stay here. We've got to do something. We've got to do something. That's, that's the nudge. Yeah. And just to, just to kind of broaden it just slightly, so not just pioneering, but you've kind of, this morning, and maybe for a long time, you've kind of just had that little nudge. It's like, I just, you know, I just need to stand up and do the next thing. You know, you, <clears throat> um, Dan often has this little saying of what's the next click? You know, what's the, you know, if, if the dial's on five, what's, what do you have to do to get it to six? You know, what's the, what's the next click that God wants to in, invite you into? I'd love you to come too. You know, so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be about starting a church or starting something new, but you just know, I know he's been nudging me about this. I need to do this. And this morning, just, you know, just, just in the simple act of stepping forward, is, it just it releases something in our hearts. And God sees it and he responds to it. And for those of you who are seated and you're engaged with the Holy Spirit, just stay there. Just rest in his presence, yeah. but allow him. The Lord's doing some beautiful things among us. And sometimes it's at the front and sometimes it's in our seats. But we, we just bless what the Holy Spirit's doing in, in those of you who are seated. And just, mm. you know, just, just welcome what he's doing. We say, more, Lord, let your power come. Let your power come right across this room. We bless what you're doing. And for those of you who aren't engaged in this up here or aren't going to be praying up here, look around and see people in their seats. And maybe they're people you know. Go over and just bless. When you see the Holy Spirit on people, bless what God is doing. There's some really beautiful things happening over here in this seat. So go and bless one another, church. Yeah. Hey, maybe Dan, would, would you play? Would, could we sing that that the last song in your set again? It was such a beautiful song. So can we, church? If you're, if you know, if, you, if you're just really enjoying the moment, you know, by yourself, then then feel free to just stay there. But but if you've got space, you know, to to kind of jump up from your seat and begin to minister to these folks, that would be so good. Um, someone came and gave me a word um, in the middle of worship, which I think is connected to this morning. And they didn't have a sense that it was necessarily for this church, but for individuals as well. Um, so they had a picture of a hot air balloon that was grounded. Um, but the Holy Spirit was encouraging to say that he was going to come and fill it up and that three things were going to happen, that it was made for movement um, the Holy Spirit was going to bring new perspective and he was going to fill it up so that it could go out. So if that's for anybody and you want prayer, then come down the front as well. So Lord, over this side, we pray that you just release courage. Lord, that, that where there's been discouragement, let courage arise. Lord, let, let, let courage fill that, that space of discouragement. Thank you, Father. And over this side, Lord, I, I pray that you would just release, Lord, would you release courage again? But Lord, would you release apostolic grace? Lord, that, that these beautiful men and women, Lord, be out, that you would give them the grace, you'd give them the power, you'd give them the wisdom to call that which does not exist into existence. Let them see it, let, let it begin to take shape, let the blueprints begin to form in their hearts. Come, Lord Jesus. We bless you to multiply. We bless you to, to create something out of nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord. 
Yeah.